I am actually recording this time. Are you recording this time? I think I'm recording, like, hard. <laughs> well, that sounds like you. I mean, everything you do is, like, not a little bit. I'm like, she's going to go ham. She's going to go ham on this podcast. Fucking 100,000% or nothing. Okay, so um, so I am drinking the Cause 2019 Rosé from California. Mm. The label is very, looks like it was drawn with a marker. I dig it. Uh, the color is very vibrant for, a, for you know, because you know, some rosés are quite light. This is yes. pretty. Well, that's pink. That's pink. Yes. Um, and it's great. It's, you know, it's not going to replace... Latelier de Sud or Folly of the Beast in my heart, but what will, honestly? So it is it is a good wink selection that we selected. How quickly did your wink wine come? How quickly? Well, we, as some inside baseball listeners, <laughs> this is not the first time we have attempted to no. record this episode. The first time we were attempted to record this episode was our normal time of Sunday morning for me. And we live selected a box for me on Sunday. It arrived this morning. I I captured this the first time we tried to record this episode last week. But the point du passage out of my wink wine, which came in like two freaking days. It was so fast. Did not end up stuck in Delaware. No. Was so amazingly good and have a very artistic picture of it by a fire that I'm going to post to the gram and share with everybody. Do you have a killer behind you, Katie? Oh, just a cat. <laughs> it's just a cat. Oh, slowly opening your door. Hi, Bubba. It is his birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Ollie. He is the happy big O6. That's a big number. That's a Hi, big Bubba. number. Come here. Meow. 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 Well, in honor of Ollie's birthday, I am drinking the Invoke wine that we also selected in our episode. I mean, it's got his the favorite. gorgeous. It uh, clearly, it's got the gorgeous label where it looks like there's like liquid smoke and water, and it's swirling around. It is also amazing. Uh, I'm in a shambles, you guys. We're we're our lives are just a shambles. Look, Katie, I've got I've got good news and bad news to share with you. Okay, and normally I say which one do you want first. But for this story, the bad news has to come first. So I decided to be an adult lately, and I went like three or four different appointments that I've been putting off. And the bad news is, like most of us during the past year, I've gained a little bit of weight. The good news is, a good portion of it seems to be my boobs. Because I just, I waited in everybody until she took a drink of wine. <laughs> <laughs> because I I was putting on some bras this week and I was like what? these are really not containing anything so but then again bad news again I just had to order some new ones from our fave third love good news they're third love bad news is not the cheapest no no but most bras I mean any good bras not but, but just you know but if you're bustin' loose, you're bustin' loose. I need you to get up, up on a dance floor. 
could not be contained. The way that we structure this episode, everyone's going to have to be a little bit interesting because technically, Katie has already heard story one mm-hmm. and already given an answer to story one. Yes. So I'm going to be retelling the story. And then, Katie, I can refresh you on your answer or you can give a new answer. You know, it's up to you, really. But lizards. <laughs> did you say lizards? I did on purpose. <laughs> Sure. Okay. <laughs> because, so lizards. Uh, <laughs> whenever I do those little things on the gram with like little clips, I use a program called Audiogram. And um, it auto-captions it and then I correct the captions because it inevitably guesses wrong. And lately, when we say listeners, it guesses lizards and I think that is a fun little nickname for you. So, <laughs> hey, lizards. Listen, lizards. I don't know. I like the cheesing and boozing. <laughs> uh, can we call it cheesers and boozers? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that episode was very, very fun for me <laughs> to edit. I was like, we are just a joy to listen to. I had a great time listening to it again. I was cackling to myself. And also, I neglected to mention, but you reminded me through your wonderful editing, I actually had the Armageddon soundtrack. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I could pull it out from my little discography right over here. I mean, I, I when I got rid of all of the jewel cases and things like that, I got a, you know, DJ Katie book. The binder thing. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I, yeah. I have them all. I have all the CDs that I used to have in like my old case logics are in one big thing. I'm pretty sure I could get Armageddon on out. <gasps> no. There it is. And then just held up old yellow eyes is back. By Wait. the 1991 classic we've already discussed uh, by Brent Spiner. Old yellow eyes being data. Your lieutenant data and mine. Again, good news, bad news. Bad news, I was feeling pretty lethargic today. But good news is because I got my first COVID shot yesterday. I'm so jealous. Not to, not that not as a brag, but like it's a brag. Uh, it's really not. I slept I mean you hear everyone has these different reactions to it, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. But I mean I slept the sleep of the dead last night for a solid ten hours, and I would not have gotten up except I had shit to do more adulting shit to do today so i had to drag my ass up out of bed but i mean it was one of those sleeps where you wake up it's like my body had become one with the mattress like it was so and all day it just felt like i'm dragging this like heavy heavy ass apparently all in my not my ass and my boobs around but like all day and so yeah, also tired and now drinking. So this will be fun, I it's think. It's going to be a wheeling and dealing. Uh, which, which Cheesing and boozing. Which shot did you get? Uh, the Pfizer shot. Nice, okay. To be clear, I, mean, I would have taken any. I would have, I was like, just shoot me with something. Right? I want a shot. I want it in my arm. And yeah. honestly, like mix them all together, shake them like a martini and strain them and then put an olive in it and I will drink it. Yes. Like just so, put it in my arm. One of our our lizards or cheesers and boozers, uh, Kim. Hey, Kim, girl, what's up? Hey, I was I was drinking the point of passage wine at a lovely uh, dinner on her back deck, and we had this fantastic idea. If you took all the vaccines to get mixed them up like that, but instead of the martini, what we said would be great 
You know those misters they have at the theme parks in the summer that you walk underneath and it's just the water spray? It'd be like that. And we could all just walk underneath it and just breathe it in and rub it all over our faces. Just, just the sheen of vaccine. Right? Just having one of those face misters that, yes. uh, you know, bougie people have and just be like, yes. yep. Or like a, like the oxygen bars in uh, in Vegas. Yeah. Or in other airports. I was going to say sex in the city, but Vegas. Yes. That's where I, I've actually seen one, but they they I could have a hundred percent made that up, but Super Husband has been rewatching Sex in the City <laughs> at this phase in quarantine. Let me tell you, that man loves Sex in the City. <laughs> he knows some trivia. But it apparently this this viewing, which I don't know, is it his second or his third, but it is not <laughs> held up. It is not held up to the time. <laughs> He's such a Charlotte. Um <laughs> He is a Charlotte. He's very much a Charlotte. Um, he had that's the really back funny to when me. you would buy Blu-rays instead of streaming things and DVDs. He had like the box sets of the Sex and the City DVDs. It's, I know. It's not even like it's not. It's definitely not a gender thing where I'm like, oh, a dude is in a Sex and the City. It's that it's super husband specifically is just know. tickling me, especially because there's so much good new stuff to watch and he's like no we're gonna go back to my my comfort my comfort blanket it's so funny too because they apparently you know they just introduced big not too long ago whatever point he's at and he comes to me and he goes you know the the character big is really problematic (laughs) i was like yes yes he goes and they all treat him like he's this amazing catch because he's rich. And like, but he's awful. I was like, uh-huh. It's like because uh-huh. he's rich and he looks like Chris Noth, he gets a lot yes. of passes. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. We all have our we all have our comfort TV, don't we? Look, I need you to focus, okay, champ? Look, I'm gonna be giving you five stories. That's and true. you're gonna have to decide whether they are fact or fiction. Yes. You've already heard one. Uh-huh. Okay, so you can relax just a little bit, but you might change your mind after you rehear it. Mm-hmm. And everybody, in case you didn't know, I'm reading her these stories because this is, in fact, a podcast between <laughs> bi-coastal besties bonding over wine and mysteries. And it's called... Oh, the Wine Times Mysteries Podcast. Yeah, the Mystery Podcast. We're in a shambles, everybody. But you know what? Things are looking... Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Um, Things have been coming up a little too much Millhouse lately. It has me slightly worried. But on the flip side, I feel like karmically, I don't even think that's a word. Yeah. I am due. You did say you were having an incredible run of luck. And I'm like, what's that like? Because I am an unlucky... Like, if you believe in luck, I'm an unlucky person. I mean, I have also just... I don't know if I've necessarily been unlucky, but things have just not been going Millhouse, which is also fine because everything comes in peaks and valleys and the good, the bad times make you appreciate the good times. But I mean, I got good test results back from doctors. I got bigger boobs. Got some am- an ample bosom. Um, that cannot be contained. Um... I, we were in the car driving back from our like little two day getaway yesterday and I got a call. Well, actually I got a text from my boss saying, hate to bother you on vacation. 
do you have a minute? It's nothing bad, I promise. And I was like, okay. It's nothing bad. We just want to shower you with more money. Basically, it was, hate to bother you. You got a promotion. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I was having this conversation. And I, I, the girls were in the back. I know. The girls were in the back. And so I was like, look, you got to be quiet. Because I'm going to be talking to my boss. I'm like, okay. I get off the phone. I turn around. And I acted like I was all mad at them. I was like, girls, from here on out, when you talk to me, <laughs> I expect you to address me as Madam Vice President. And they both looked at me and, and younger daughter goes, you're not Kamala Harris. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. And I was like, not of the United. <laughs> Never mind. God. Congratulations. Thanks. Wait, wait. Thanks. I, got, I got to do some Foley work. Yeah. Okay, got the bottle, got the glass. So we woke up, like I said, I slept the sleep of the dead, and I was so tired, and my body had become one with the mattress. Woke up, super husband was still in bed, and so I was like, well, it can't be that late, can it? Because he, I like the later, went on like a weekend, I will sleep later on the weekdays, I usually get up first. And he goes, yeah, I got up, you know, he got up earlier, and he couldn't go back to sleep, but he was just like, you know, lazing around in bed, which is cool. And he said, yeah, what the girls got up and they were so considerate. They came and they closed the door so we could sleep later. And I was like, wow. When did they when did they mature to such thoughtful young ladies? Spoiler so, alert, they did not. Spoiler alert, they did not. So I go <laughs> to open the door to go make myself a cup of coffee and realize I cannot open the door. And I can open it about an inch and see that they had tied our door handles together with like it, it had to have been, I don't, like half a ball of yarn. It had, it was so much yarn and it was so tightly and it was, it was knotted in like five different places. And luckily I had a pair of scissors in my bathroom that I got and I could open it enough that I could kind of get the scissors out and start. And when I was like, Hey, but first it's like, Hey, really funny. Come let us out. And all you could hear from downstairs was just cackling. Just <laughs> They had been just like waiting and and lying in wait to cackle at me trying to do this. One, obviously this was second daughter's idea. Two, Mm. um, I just, I'm so proud of them. (laughs) Just because like it takes a lot of um, like the ability to like not laugh while you're doing it. Like the fact that they pulled it off like really shows a lot of restraint and sneakiness and planning uh cooperation yeah well, and we, teamwork we had, also had we had had a conversation with older daughter because she was asking about pranks she could pull on younger daughter we had a very long conversation about the difference between a funny prank and a mean prank and how mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna put up with any mean prank bullshit because she had wanted to do some stuff that she had learned about at sleepovers and i was like no we're not doing we're, we're not saran not wrapping putting, the toilet you're no. not putting anyone's hand in warm water and making them wet the bed we're not no we're not doing it well, that, that's a prank on you because okay you're but the also one that would have to clean that shit up but also younger daughter never sleeps so that wouldn't happen anyways, right <laughs> so i'm just i'm not sorry i'm just imagining her like perched in the corner of her bed just always watching it's true it's true so yeah, and then um, later, super husband goes into his office to go do something on the computer, and he comes out and he goes, "Okay, where'd you hide my keyboard and my mouse?" So no, and I just died laughing. I was like, "They know where to hit us. They know exactly 
Exactly. I also, I, I took another picture of a note I found underneath the door, but I, I actually didn't see it until later, but let me, let me show you. I, I will also post this. It's so funny. Oh my God. Um, These girls. It says, Nani, Nani, Poo Poo, we are going to prank you. And then there's a picture of a girl sticking her tongue out. It looks like Samara. <laughs> from the ring because her eyes are like blank and she's got long black hair which to be fair the girls have long dark hair so i know they're drawing themselves but their drawing comes off a little more sinister than i think they were going for but you know what all of these stories have in common with uh season two episode 12 of beyond belief oh yeah the subject of our the theme this supposedly the theme of season two, episode twelve, as told to us by Sir Jonathan Frakes, is that all st- all of these stories contain a touch of evil, just like my daughter's. <laughs> just, just, touch. Just, just, just a touch. Just like MM's daughter's, particularly second daughter. You know, I think second daughter's just more open about it. Okay. Older daughter's is more of the. She's thinking it. She's just not saying it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, somebody has to tie the knots and somebody's <laughs> got to give directions. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way it goes. When Sir Jonathan Frakes walks out, he tells us that truth is an elusive thing. To which I said, okay. And he is wearing his, uh, the Frakes fit is Johnny Cash, black mm-hmm. on black. Mm-hmm. And the prop, which we will definitely have to post a picture of, to the gram, and it's two cubes, but they share a side. And so he says, there are two cubes here, but we can only see one. Our eyes and our brains will not let us see both cubes at once, much like good and evil. To which I said, "Eh, don't know about that. (laughs) It's like, I can see both of those at once, Frank. Yes, I, I... So, each story that we'll tell this evening, Katie, has an evil twist. Keep an open mind and don't box yourself in. And as he says, don't box yourself in, he pulls off one of the cubes. So only one cube remains on the poster on the easel. It's obviously made of vinyl and he feels like he's being very clever. And he gives the camera the little... The little sparkle eye wink. Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the TGIF audience goes, ooh. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Story one, are you ready for your, to hear this for the second time while everyone else hears it for the first? So, Lizards, I do want to be transparent here. I did not find out if my guess was correct. No. I can't, you know, I'm not changing my answer to match anything. This is, I heard the story, I made a guess, and then um, I thought MM accidentally hung up on me, and it turned out her computer was just like, fuck your recording. uh, (laughs) The computer said, fuck you all. Fuck you all for several hours while I update a thousand things. Fuck you, you're cool, it said, as it installed all the updates, and it was my wishes. Um, Yeah, story one. Merry go round. <laughs> and our prop here, <laughs> don't give it away, you're already laughing. The prop here is the horse from a carousel. 
And I want to specify this because this was the first question I asked last time. And I promise I'm not going to keep referring to last time. But Franks no. is not on the horse. Sadly, no, he's not on the horse. He's kind of leaning up against it, but he's he's not riding the horse the way he was riding that damn motorcycle. <laughs> that's Ooh, for sure. I'm still obsessed. obsessed. So his his phrase for this episode is <laughs> so hard to even say this and take it seriously. <laughs> round and round it goes, and where evil lurks, nobody knows. <gasps> Oh, I made it. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's the story. Everybody sit back and relax. So this is the story of the merry-go-round, which was Penny Bell's family business. So she grew up knowing how to clean and polish and keep the gears running smoothly on the merry-go-round. On a For standalone years, merry-go-round, much like a standalone yes. Panda Express, why would there ever be a yes. standalone we merry-go-round? Don't, we, as, as we learn, is this is in Florida. So all I can say is Florida. <laughs> um, so for years, this was the only carousel in the Florida Everglades. So she asked her boyfriend, George, to get the merry-go-round running again. And it turned out to be the worst decision of my life. And now I have to interject and say, I know this to be true because we Googled it during our failed recording session. Penny Bell looks like Nikki Taylor, the supermodel from the 90s, okay? So just imagine Nikki Taylor with a flannel on and some ripped jeans uh, making a merry-go-round functional again in the middle of nowhere. You know, a flannel and ripped jeans, the uniform of I'm not like the other girls. Yes, yes. She's all that, etc. Glasses that she'll take off and be like, take her ponytail down and shake her hair What do you think of me now that I'm not wearing my overalls? That's right. I'll tell you, I got LASIK and don't wear glasses anymore. Shit did not happen for me. A Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. did not materialize and go like, well, now you're hot. Dude, and have I, you seen Freddie Prince Jr. lately? Does he look well-preserved, as I assume he's he does? He's a goddamn silver fox. I mean, right? And like, full head of silver hair. And I tell you, he looks, he looks better than he did in the 90s. I mean, I believe That's it. He, lo- he looked a little men. bit, he looked like a little bit like a, like a Ken doll in the 90s. Yeah. Like, Yes. I was always just like he looks a little plasticky because just like he just his features are very sharp. Never I never mean this as an insult. It just he just he was not my bag as a as a youth. Um but no. he and Sarah Michelle Geller both are aging like fine fine wines. Two thousand years later. Freddie Prince Jr., A plus plus. Keep living that life, sir. That's right. That's right. Um, so we started talking about him because we were talking about girls who take off their glasses and are suddenly attractive because mm-hmm. we were talking about she's all that. Because we were talking about girls wearing <laughs> plaid and ripped jeans, which was code for I'm not like the other girls. And this girl looked like Nikki Taylor. Her name is Penny Bell. And <laughs> that was so impressive. <laughs> in the last year of Penny Bell's dad's life, strange things started to happen at the merry-go-round. A lot of small act- accidents, and then one day the ride went out of control. A lot of people were injured. One person died. Can you imagine that? Shows Can us- you imagine that being your obituary? And then it shows all these people whirring around in super slow mo on this carousel, and it goes in. It's not quite black and white. It's kind of like a purple and gray, <laughs> and people are just like screaming and like oh, out of control. And the merry-go-round is going so fast, people are just flying off of it. And she says, people were too afraid to ride it, so we had no choice but to close it. People thought the merry-go-round was cursed. 
And so then it cuts back to George helping her, which I don't know why she needs no mans to help her with with she's the, one, she's the one that grew up on the on the round, as they right, say. Right. So why does she why does she need him? But uh, George is saying, "You don't really think this thing is cursed, do you?" And she says, "Old legends just die hard in this part of the country, which we know is the Florida Everglades." So they're they're brainstorming about how to get the word out that the merry-go-round is back up and functional and not cursed because, you know, there's no social media because it's the Florida Everglades and it's, it's the late 90s. And George, who looked way too old to be dating Nikki Taylor, says, you know what? How about if I ride this merry-go-round for 100 hours and the press would love it? And they'd all come out to cover it and then everyone would know there's no curse. Listen, dum-dum, you haven't thought this through. No. Where are like, you? Where are you going to take a shit? I just want to put that out there. Are you just? He's going to hold you, it. Are you going to lean off like when you're like when you row crew and you need to pee and you just <laughs> lean off the side of the boat? Like how? What are you going to do, George? What he are you going to no do? Plan. He has he has no plan, and because uh, Nikki Taylor is asking him the same question, saying, well, "How are you? How are you going to do that for a hundred hours?" He goes, "Just throw me a bologna sandwich and a bottle of water. I'll be fine." A grown man asking for a bologna sandwich? Uh, disgusting. You know I'm not one of those vegetarians, but bologna is one of the reasons why I'm just like, I don't it's... need meat in my life. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 And whenever I think of bologna sandwiches, I also just think of white bread, which also grosses me out. Okay, this is no shade on my dad, who, again, still doesn't listen, even though he was our first guest. Um, I don't think he's even listened to the episode that I told him he was a guest on. However, oh. a quintessential... My dad's family growing up um, sandwich was Wonder Bread, bologna, French's yellow mustard, like a lot of it, and Lay's potato chips all on the sandwich. No. No. (laughs) No. To the point, a friend of the family opened up a deli. No. And, and had it on their menu nope. named after our family. No. Okay. So in order to get ready for this poorly conceived marathon riding the merry-go-round, they're apparently working night and day to get the merry-go-round ready in time. And so we cut to a scene at night where Penny is there working on the merry-go-round. She nearly screws in a light bulb and blows a circuit. And all the lights go out. And she throws up her hands in exasperation and says, George, I screwed up. I said, no, girl. No. You know how the gears go. You know how to get this thing whirring. You don't need no man. You grew up on the round. Right? On the round. And so after saying that she screwed up, she hears noise. And she's like, she starts to get nervous. She goes, George, is that you? And she is scared. And then she said, we see, as she sees, this old man who's standing there in a cowboy hat and a bolo tie, who does the shushing motion. He just looks at her and goes, shh. And then we cut over back to Penny, and George rushes to her side, and she goes, hey, George, this is Ike. Because she knows this. Because the weird, creepy shushing was not like, I'm about to die. It was, oh, it's just crazy old Ike, an extra from Texas or something that we transposed here because bolo tie and cowboy hat. Yeah. And she goes, he used to work on the merry-go-round with my dad. And Ike says, this merry-go-round is possessed with evil spirits. 
So George says, yeah, right. Like those horses are from hell. <laughs> Which I did laugh out loud at. I was like, that's a good one, George. Uh, and then Ike says, let me tell you, young whippersnapper, I was at the controls that day. Which he's that, referring to the day of the accident. That fateful it was, day. It was wild. This whole thing should be burned up. And while he's saying burned up, he's walking away. Because apparently the whole reason for him stopping by was just to scare Penny and tell George to go to hell. And then he turns around at the gate and puts his finger up and is like shaking his fist to the sky and says, Burned, I tell you. Burned. I said good day, sir. I said good day. (laughs) And then he says, Oh, George, I just went a little crazy after the accident. Don't worry about him. After he accidentally murdered somebody on a merry-go-round. I I, I mean, I I gotta say, I gotta say. In my life, like you and I both, we have chosen professions where it is not a life or death situation. I would assume someone mm. who has the profession of merry-go-round operator is the same. They don't expect a certain level of pressure or life or death consequences. If I mess something up, there's a typo in a piece of marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not, oops, I left a towel inside a body. You know, the just to go to right. a, a sponge, you know, something like right, a, yeah. a Scrubs or Grey's Anatomy plot that I'm sure has happened. So I'm sure he's quite struck by the fact that on his merry-go-round job, there was a malfunction strong enough that being a merry-go-round operator became a life or death situation. <laughs> so I get that that's very impactful and he perhaps has some lasting damage from that. However, the weird, creepy serial killer sh- I know. So so the next day is the marathon day. The press is there. there. There's maybe 20 people from the press there, which is a huge turnout in the Florida Everglades. Well, it's a huge turnout in general for people to be like, yeah, let's see what this fucker's going to do. <laughs> so George is excited because there's a good turnout from the press. And like men, I guess, he makes this about himself. So he, he's, he gives a press conference, which I found... Strange. Mm. It wasn't Penny as the owner of the merry-go-round, but George is holding the press conference and he says, you know, by the by the end of my 100 hours on the merry-go-round, I will set a new world record for merry-go-round writing and prove once and for all that this merry-go-round is safe. So then he starts taking questions from the press, like one does at a presser. And someone says, aren't you worried about the curse? And he says... There ain't no curse, and you can quote me on that. And he climbs up on that merry-go-round horse, and Penny starts that bitch up. And let me tell you, he doesn't even ride the little bench thing. He's riding on a horse, which makes no sense to me. None. So he's on the horse. It goes around maybe, like, once or twice. Because it's not going very fast. It's a merry-go-round. No, no. But, I mean, we're there watching it. And the press is all still there watching it. Yes, exactly, moving that slowly. Everyone's just, like, I thought that they would have left and come back, but no, they're all there watching it. And Ike is there, too, which is also creepy. So it goes around maybe twice, and George calls Penny up. And he's like, Penny, come here. And she jumps up on the merry-go-round. She's like, what is it? And he goes, I swear this horse just bit me. And she says, stop joking around, George. And he's like, no, really, I put my hand near his mouth and I swear the horse bit me. And she's like, okay, whatever. See you in four days, you, you asshole. So she jumps off the merry-go-round and she's talking to 
a reporter. And she's like, oh, he's always fooling around. Ah, ha, ha, how I love that man of mine. And then it goes around another turn, and George is slumped over the horse on the merry-go-round, and he's not moving. Mm -hmm. And so Penny's like, stop the ride. And, And she jumps up there, and she's shaking him, and he's not moving. And then Ike stops right next to his horse, and he goes, well, he's dead, Miss Penny. Like, it's been like two seconds. Are we really sure that he's dead? Neither one of you are medical professionals. We can like, try let's... some chest compressions, you know, anything no, whatsoever. No, no, no. Check a pulse. So it turns out that there was a snake. There's a snake in my boot. In the horse's mouth. Fuck and it that is what had man. bit. We're in the Everglades. I would assume that you're just used to seeing these things all the time, but it had bit George's hand and he died. The end. Ike says, told you it was cursed. So, the Frakes phrase was, are we repeating an urban legend or are we getting it straight from the horse's mouth? Now, Katie, you had answered true. Right, and I think my reasoning there was that the level of detail of there's a standalone merry-go-round in the Everglades (laughs) was such a weird possibly true thing story number two oh uh-oh, uh-oh i gotta and now you've got to start paying attention stop i was paying off. attention i was just making sure jokes were. the whole time no, now i gotta okay, be like okay, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. so this is called red-eyed creature he calls it a wand really it looks like a pen it is a stick that you and and it is what it is lizards is actually a clock and the stick you would, it is facing vertical, it's vertical to the desk. He pulls it back and it would go back and forth really quickly. And in the air, while it's waving, you'd be able to see the time. Like one of those old LED lights that you would see at like yes. stone or sharper image. Yes. And Freak says, is this clock capable of displaying time in midair? But is it really there? That's the intro. I mean, that's that's it. So take from that what you will. This is the Sterling house. The family loved the backyard for Billy and the kitchen for, for the, Mr. Sterling's wife. She doesn't get a name until later, so just wait for it. And Freak says, yum, yum. You could just <laughs> take. <laughs> yep, we heard that before. I remember that because I remember cackling just the same. You could just taste the great meals that were going to be made there. (laughs) And we are. Obsessed. There was even a separate maid's quarters for their trusted nanny named Maggie. Mr. Sterling says, we were just lucky to have her. Meaning Maggie, not his wife, but Maggie. I mean, man, if I was rich, maybe I would have like five nannies. I don't know. But I'm like, it's two parents. I think the mom just cooks all the time in that kitchen because yum, yum. And... (laughs) Do they really need, like, do they really need a nanny? Because they, sh- they showed, they show the nanny when they're introducing her. She's just putting Billy to bed. So I'm like, but. So it's just like, an, like au- an au pair for a lady of leisure kind of situation. Yeah, a lady who lunches, which is what I aspire to be. Yes. Uh, yes. Everyone's goal. To be casually so, rich. <laughs> cash, real cash. <laughs> no big. 
So the trouble really began when Billy woke up hungry one night and decided to raid the kitchen for cookies and milk. Like, what a little whippersnapper. Boys will be boys. So when he goes to the kitchen and he pulls out the massive cookie jar and he takes the lid off, he turns around to the refrigerator to get the milk. When he turns around, he sees two red glowing eyes coming out of the wall and there is a growling noise. And, of course, with the 90s TV magic and, and the red lights go zoom in, they're like, yeah. Listeners, I know you can see me when I'm doing this. That's not yeah. Right? What does he do? He <laughs> loses his shit and starts screaming and runs away, which I would have as well. Does so he keep next... his hands on the milk and the cookies, or does he no. abandon them? No, okay. no. Just how you know that shit was for real. He left the yeah. cookies. So the next scene is the family and everyone is in, all the adults are in robes and they're comforting Billy. And I'm uh, again, like, yes, this was an emergency. This child is literally screaming in terror, but we all took the time to put on our plush terry cloth robes before we came downstairs to comfort this child. All three adults. Hashtag robe life, y'all. That's right. Hashtag casual rich. So... You know, they're talking to him. They're like, oh, it was just your imagination, Billy. You know, you're safe here. The normal things. This is when we learned that Mrs. Sterling's name is Sally. Sally's in the kitchen cleaning up a few nights later. I turned in early, says Mr. Sterling. And I was like, that's about right. What's your ass doing? Why are you up in bed early while your wife is downstairs cleaning the kitchen? Get your ass down there and help. She's a smooth lady brain. (sighs) That's why she can't hold down a job. And that's why they need a nanny. She didn't know what to do. So... She's downstairs in the kitchen cleaning up while Mr. Sterling's lazing about upstairs. Uh, And then the lights go off. And Sally can't turn them back on. Did you do like a lot of like the snick, snick? Yes, yes, because doing that multiple times is going to help. And then she sees the red glowing eyes and hears the growling. You know, she loses her shit. Yes, the zoom in, right? Cut scene. So... His next step is obviously to call and berate the realtor because this is her fault. Because they were not told about the uh, evil presence in the house before. Did they, they just move in, or is this like years later? Like, sorry, by no, the I, way. Think, I think that it was relatively new. I think it was okay, relatively okay, okay, new okay. for them. So he says, "I called the realtor the next morning and finally got her to admit that the original owner had hanged himself in the garage with no note, no explanation. No one figured out why it happened." But the realtor insisted that there had been no paranormal activity reported prior to me. <laughs> and then you just see him on, on the phone, like, with the long phone cord, right? Walking around the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, Linda, it's just something you need to know before you buy a house. <laughs> so the adults, are, the adults are all sitting around, which I love that the three adults, including the nanny, are sitting around oh, yeah. talking about, like, the situation, right? They are for sure in a polycule. By the way, I'm just putting that out there as some backstory for these people. Let, like, let me tell you, the nanny. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door. She was there to sound makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had flair. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. This general look reminds me a lot of my grandmother, who was super tall, super short, red, curly hair who once it had gone gray clearly kept dying at like bright red oh yeah yeah, yeah. and she has like the big 80s glasses uh-huh and is always wearing like a sweater vest with like uh, a collared shirt underneath like that's the nanny and then she takes her glasses off there on the chain you know what i'm saying that's this, the nanny this She's... doesn't change this has not changed my okay, assessment that this is a polyamorous yes. okay 
It could be. So the adults are sitting around after after Mr. Sterling talks to Linda and gives her mm. what for. Uh, and the dad says, this house is not haunted. And Maggie says, I agree. There's got to be a logical explanation. And so Sally says, I know what I saw, Dawn. I mean, she's the only one who calls him Dawn. Everyone is Mr. Sterling. Okay. It's not haunted, says the wife, but what did what did we see? And then Maggie again, we should all just calm down. That's what you want to say to someone who's just seen a fucking ghost or whatever. You know what you need to do? You need to a calm demon. down. Fuck off. And then Mr. Sterling says, now just wait a minute. And he he turns the lights off. And you can see these two red lights that are from an alarm that's on the wall and a light switch that's on the wall. And when you turn them off, they have these little red lights there. And he goes, oh, I'm a man. I've solved this in two seconds, you silly woman. And Mrs. Sterling says, I guess that's possible, but what made the lights go off in the first place, Mr. Smarty Pants? And also, Billy and I both heard that god-awful growl, and that your little trick here doesn't explain that. And Mr. Sterling says, well, maybe there was a short in the circuitry, and then the sound was just the electricity kicking back in, which, fuck off, Don, not true. And Maggie, the nanny, comes back and says, but we're really, you know, we're overlooking the larger picture here. And we should all just really be concerned about Billy. Because he has not been the same since he saw Let he me saw. parent your child. Because you are not in any way concerned about your child being stressed about this paranormal. Encounter. You two idiots should never have procreated in the first place. But since you did, and you apparently have more money than you know what to do with. And you have a live-in full-time nanny. You should worry about your kid. And so Mr. Sterling says, maybe he should see a child psychologist, which I was like, yeah, that would be a great start, Dad. And Maggie says, you know, I think that's a bit drastic. Let, let me have a let me have a talk with him because, you know, we're friends. <laughs> and that was where my first red flag went up. So Maggie goes in to talk to Billy. And it was actually, it was a very sweet conversation because he's in bed, but he's not sleeping and she goes in. How, how old do we say Billy is? Oh, we didn't, but he's between eight and ten. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Old enough that he can get up in the middle of the night and go get some goddamn cookies and milk. Like, you know, Fuck that yeah. I used, I used to do that with some ho-hos. That's how Ooh. I went from a athletic middle schooler to a... <laughs> <laughs> somewhat heavier but still athletic middle schooler because I would go get those ho-hos in the middle of the night. My mom would be like, we go through these ho-hos real fast. And I'd be like, I don't know the reason. It's weird. It's like somebody keeps eating them. I think so, she blamed my I think she blamed my dad. <laughs> fantastic. She's telling him, you know, it's all in your imagination. And she she talks about like what an amazing gift an imagination is. And once you grow up you start to lose it, and then you have to leave a really boring adult life, and God, like that's awful. So just hold on to it while you can, and don't be scared. And <laughs> just reminds me of um, Billy Madison. Yes, yes. Gee, I can't wait till I go to hikes. Well, don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God. Thank God he said that because I swear <laughs> there's at least two incidents a day 
where I think of Billy Madison. And sometimes I'm like, am I the only person that <laughs> movie resonated with? I go on first and clean the hair. <laughs> uh, Super Husband had some dental work done about a month ago. And so he bought a bunch of soft things to eat at the grocery store, including some pudding cups. <laughs> the other day, younger daughter was like, all I want is this pudding cup. And that's all I could do was like, can I be your pudding cup? Lizards, if you have not watched Billy Madison, this is like, please. I will put it out there. It is the best Adam Sandler movie. It is oh, yeah. better than Happy Gilmore. I yeah. never understood the love for Happy Gilmore. Uh, Happy Gilmore has its place, but it's just no Billy Madison. Billy Madison is the best. It is amazing Bradley Whitford being the villain. <laughs> it is amazing Steve Buscemi with a weird ass cameo. Two thousand years later. <laughs> yes, him this pep talk and it was really sweet and touching. And I was like, oh wow. Um She's evil, then, huh? A hundred percent. So then she turns, <laughs> she tucks Billy in. He's like, I'm feeling better. Now you can turn off the lights. So she turns off the lights, he's feeling better. She leaves and she goes to look at the camera and her eyes do the red glowy thing. Oh twist. She's the demon. So it's... then the freaks the freaks phrase. Was there an evil presence at work? If so, was it really the nanny? She wasn't there at the time of the other incidents, which I guess meaning the guy hanging himself. But also, like, she wasn't technically there, as far as we know. Correct. For Billy and the Cookies and Smooth Brain. Or was the nanny merely protecting the Sterlings? I don't know how that works. Is this story totally made up or glowing with the truth? It's not going with truth. Because <laughs> here, here's my reasoning here. Okay. Who tells Tell that? Who tells that fucking story? Right? Like who? Like if Look. she's turning to the camera and then her eyes glare, no one's witnessing her being the demon. So who's telling that mm. story? Is she telling that story? No, she's not. That blows up her spot. Okay. False. I wrote. I wrote fiction. Thank you. Okay. Story three: Used car salesman. Evil pays a visit to a used car lot. Every day. Or damn day. So the prop is an actual car in the house. Was this the inspiration? Because we have one at least once a week, right? Was this the inspiration for Nellie's hot in here video? I got a friend. Hot in in her. Her. I got a friend with a Ford in the basement. Oh, I'm just kidding. Stop pacing. Time wasting. I got a friend with a Ford in the basement. What? I'm just kidding like once again, Beyond Belief has inspired modern day or just a, sep- a couple of years after day uh, genius. Yes. Yes. So there's a car in the house. He's not in the car, but Freaks is sitting up against the hood of the car. As he's talking to us, he walks around to the back and he says, you know, you're always taking an element of risk when you buy a used car. For example, True. you may pay full price when it should be. Half off, and when he walks around, it's there's no the, other half. There's no. The it's missing the back half mm-hmm. of the car, and he thinks that is uh, super clever. <laughs> Frakes ends his little prop session by saying, "This car salesman is about to break a few commandments." <laughs> Thou shalt not kill. Just gonna start stabbing. 
I was like, I, I don't know which ones. Are we going for the good ones? The stupid ones? I don't know. Ooh, adult, we... adultery? I was like, What's are we going to start covering people's wives? What's going on? Okay. I just realized I don't know the commandments because those were the only two I could nice. come up with. Nice. All right. So our narrator is a guy named Walter. Nice. And Walter tells us that Sonny, who is the used car salesman of okay. the title. So S-O-N-N-Y, a piece of shit. Versus yes. S-U-N-N-Y, which is the name of a wonderful woman S- who's married to a cousin of mine who I adore. S-O-N-N-Y, much like Happy Gilmore. So, Ooh! Mm, bringing mm-hmm. it back around. So Sonny is apparently every bad thing that you've ever heard about a used car salesman. He steals customers from everyone at the used car lot to make salesman of the month every month. So truly, so sh- truly a piece of shit. Yes, and they 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 try to make him as like sleazy and gross as possible. Um, so they show Walter is with an old lady in the used car lot whose name is Mrs. Klein, and he's showing her around to different cars. And she she's looking at one car and she's she's like, oh, but what about what about that car over there? Is she like a thousand years old? Yes, okay. and like like Walter is like helping her, like holding her elbow. And he says, oh, Mrs. Klein, you don't want that car. Uh, I can make you more money selling it to you, but you definitely don't want it because the engine has 150,000 miles on it. It's it's just like it's not what you need or, or want. This car is going to be it's a better deal for you, the one that they're looking at. She's like, okay. So then there's an announcement over the PA that Walter's needed inside for a phone call. So he goes in to take the phone call. Well, it was Sonny being sleazy. And he comes out and tells Mrs. Klein that Walters has some sort of thing he has to deal with. So he's going to be helping Mrs. Klein for the rest of her used car experience, I guess. And so he goes and sells that bitch that car. The bad car. Of course he does. Of course he does, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The evil car. The touching evil car. as As she is rolling out of the lot... Walter comes running out. It's like, you stole my customer, you lowlife. And he's about to fight him and all the other guys holding him back. So then it's the next day and Sonny's trying to close a deal for a new van. Well, new to them van, but not new because it's a used car lot. With, I swear to God, this is the name of the group. It's called Lenny and the Society Kings. They are a quartet who needed a new van because they had a gig to play in Las Vegas and their van broke and they needed another van immediately. And I guess you can't rent a van wherever they are. They just needed to buy this van. And Lenny and the rest of the society Kings are wearing blue frilly tuxes, like, like from a 1970s prom. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. awful. Mm -hmm. And so they're about to, Lenny's like, yeah, we want to get this. And, Sonny's like, okay, great. I'll just get the mechanic to look it over, and then you can you can you know drive it off the lot. And Lenny's like, oh, we're playing tonight. We can't wait for the mechanic. And Sonny knew that it wasn't safe, but he went ahead and sold him the car and let him drive it off. So the while... thing with the so the thing with the old lady is just to establish Sonny's character. Yes. And now we're talking about the van is evil. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Got no, no, it. not the van is evil. It's just we know. Sonny apparently knows that there's issues with the van. And he's just like, money, please. Thank you. Yes. Give give me all the money. So the next day, 
Mm-hmm. Walter comes in and slams a newspaper down on Sonny's desk. And he, did he says, Did he kill you his re- poor band? You read this story right now. And it was um, the Highway Patrol reported brakes failed on a steep incline on the way to Las Vegas. So they, everybody in the van died because the brakes failed. Yeah. And Walter says, Sonny, you knew the van needed brakes, but you didn't care. And Sonny, just to further drive home the fact that he's an awful human being, he says, Baby, when your number's up, your number's up. Don't stick this in old Sonny. You, you got to stick this one on fate. So that night, everybody left early except for Sonny because they were just so upset mm-hmm. at him and what had happened. So and, he, and all the murder, yes, yes. And the, the, the murders and deaths. So Sonny worked late because everybody else left, and he closed up because everybody else left. No one can explain what happened next, but it did happen. So Sonny locks up, and he walks mm-hmm. out into the parking lot to go to his car, and all the engines and all the cars start turning over. Like, you can hear, hear all the cars starting up, and then you can start to see all of the headlights come on, and then they all converge and run him over. <laughs> that's the end of the story that's not where i thought this was going no i thought so then, this was gonna be a death of fear situation no. and not a, so then okay. so then jonathan freak says sonny never ripped off another customer because he died <laughs> <laughs> thanks freaks each of the salesmen had an airtight alibi that evening how do you explain this victim was it spirits from the band In deciding the story, you must rely on your own judgment. We offer no warranty. (laughs) Um, So again, it's like, how do we know that this happened, right? Like, was there, like, video that showed this happening so that we, like, someone's telling the story, you know? Exactly. How how, how do we know? So Katie says... I feel like I need to say false, and I feel like I'm going to get zero this episode. I feel like Look, this is gonna be our first zero. Go with the, I I I think you have good reasons here. I think you have good reasons. Yeah. Okay. Katie says false. Yeah, she Story does. number four. Surveillance camera. So the prop is a security camera and it's hooked up to a TV next to Frakes so that when he looks up at the camera, it looks like he's looking at you in the mm-hmm. TV mm-hmm. prop. And uh Frakes says the camera doesn't have to capture the evil on tape. It hangs heavy in the air. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it said. I know. I know. I know. So then you have a guy who has an accent and he's narrating. Of course he does. Uh... He tells us that he, he left his homeland of Serbia uh-huh. to come to come here. I'm assuming the United States. I'm assuming California, actually, by the look of everything. And make a new life. I made a small down payment and took over this convenience store. I only dream of bringing my wife and two kids here. I saved every penny I made and accorded myself no pleasures. And at the end of um, all of this sacrifice and hard work, he says he's looking at about $8,000, which is enough to bring his family to America. Okay. So, 
that was that was the narration and then the actual story starts he's working at the convenience store and there's an old lady who's been shopping she comes up to the counter she also has an accent she has an italian accent so i'm thinking that they are trying to establish that they are in a neighborhood with a lot of immigrants Mm -hmm. and they obviously have a relationship because he knows her by name he says good morning mrs romano it's me it's me mario uh, I'm going to see my family very soon. I can't wait for you to meet them. Aww. And Mrs. Romano says, oh, I can't, I can't wait to meet them too. And I hate to speak ill of a dead man, but the prior owner of the store, Mr. Ritter, he was a terrible man. He hated everyone. He even hated children. He had no heart, only evil in his chest. And she's like motioning to her heart, you know. This is a very unprompted tale from Mrs. Romano, but Interesting. He was always so mean to poor people and to the homeless. And did you know that he was murdered a year ago? As a matter of fact, he was murdered right where you're standing. And that camera, that security camera, took pictures of the killers, but they were never found. She says... Yeah, I wasn't sad about it when I heard he died. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, Mrs. Romano, basically, okay. peace. So he says, I closed the store early to go to the travel agents and purchase the tickets for my family because he's been keeping the $8,000 in this metal box. He finally has enough to buy the, the tickets. He hears the bell and he says, well, I thought that would be my last customer and then I would close up. And it's it's got to be, I know it's California, but like it's got to be early. It's like bright bright outside mm-hmm. and there's an there's a dude there robbing him and he's got a gun and he's like Naturally. give me the money i want the box and he's like i he's like i don't have that much money in in the cash register. he's like not that the metal box that you keep under the counter so he hands over the metal box smartly hands over the metal box yeah. with all his money in it and he's like He'll well there went again. all my dreams like yeah and the guy had ordered him down on the ground mm-hmm. so he said several minutes went by and i finally heard the bell of the, the door. So I thought that he had left. And so I got up. But then as soon as I get up, two more robbers come in. And these look like 90s tough guys, right? So they just look like dudes. One of them is wearing a beanie. And I think one has a leather jacket. And that's, again, how we the, know in the 90s the that they were going tough. to rob us. Yes. Give us all your money now. Oh, and one of them is wearing a trench coat. That's also how we know. So he imped, he gives them what's in the cash register, and they're like, this is chump change. Where's the rest of your money? So wait, 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 wait. The original robber has left with the box. He left with the metal lock box yeah, that yeah, had yeah. the so 8,000. So, so he left, and there was no ding. And then there's a ding, and he's like, oh, that must be the guy leaving. And he stands up, and it's additional robbers. Yes. Okay. And they're taking what's in the cash register. Got it. So, but and there, was like, no, there was no ships passing in the night with the other guy. No. No. Okay. okay. And so they're like, well, this is nothing. Like, where's the rest? Like, that's all there is. And I, they, I got robbed, but five minutes ago, yes. motherfucker. Yeah, should have been here sooner. Early bird gets the worm. Blah, blah, blah. So he says, I've never been robbed before in a year that I've been running this place. And now two times in less than an hour, and like literally everything I've been working for was gone. So then the cops come. He's reviewing the security tapes with them. And he's like, but what happened to the first thief that took the metal lockbox? Like, he's not on the tape. Like, that's, and they're like, how can that be? Because they can see the two 90s tough guys, but not the original dude. And uh, then the cop's like, oh, hey, over here, I found something. 
and he pulls out the metal box and he's like, but that's my box that they took. How can that be? And he, and the cops literally like, look, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about, but here's your property back. A good day, sir. <laughs> and I was like, I said, good day. And I was like, but what about the armed robbers that came in after that? Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, you still have work to do. Yes. So a few days later, a new scene, a cop comes back and he says, so we caught the two guys that held you up. They confessed to the murder of the owner of this place as well. So those two 90s toughs had also killed the owner with no heart. And he says, like, that's amazing luck. We also found a copy of the surveillance tape from when they murdered the prior owner. And they're like, hey, you want to look at it with us? It's like, oh, sure. I'm sure they're just throwing around the evidence all over the place. Um, so they put the tape in and they watch it. And the guy who got shot in the surveillance video, the prior owner, was the first robber who came in to take the box. And so our narrator's like, that's him. That's the man who stole my money. But like, And they Satan. turn and look at him and they say, but he's been dead for over a year. End scene. Always bet on ghosts. <laughs> I'm so going Freak's, true. Freak says, fact or fiction, you make the choice at your convenience. Uh-uh-uh. I'm, I gotta always bet on ghosts. Okay. True. True. So, story five, graffiti. The prop is a block of wet cement. Freak says, have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement? And then he does it. He says, but I hear I have the tool to restore the damage I caused. And he just like wipes it away. Mm -hmm. Are you impressed? You should be. I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed with most things that freaks out. Right. So then he turns into the new age Andy Rooney. And he says, there was a time not long ago when defacing property was not acceptable. Unlike just... today. Oh, because graffiti. Okay. okay. Still not acceptable. You still get, you know. It is the school year of 1941. And we see the principal rolling up in his car, which looks like something out of Downton Abbey. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know how this is supposed to be 1941. Get me my motor car. I must go to the school <laughs> to principal the school. these ruffians. <laughs> That is essentially the entire theme of this story. So the school year of 1941 has apparently been really rough. There was a fire in the gymnasium. And two students almost died. Almost, okay. And then the principal tells us he takes great pride in his automobile. The teacher, first of all, is wearing a three-piece suit. Second okay. of all, this Downton Abbey car he's driving, there's no way a teacher bought this car mm -hmm. or a principal. It just, No. His name is Principal Block. And Aww, as he pulls up... I was hoping up, for something dumb like Winterbottom. He's not British. Winterbottom. <laughs> Higginbotham. So as he pulls up, um, somebody comes running up to him and they're like, Principal Block, Principal Block, there's something you should see. And where there was a block of wet cement in front of the school, somebody had written, Remember Pearl Harbor. And Principal Block goes, Someone has defaced school property. And I swear, Katie, again, we have a school full of goddamn adults. These are, <laughs> these, they're not even like young 20s. Like these are people in their 30s walking around here pretending to be teenagers. It is not right. 
And so then we see, I guess, the neighborhood school tough is harassing a nerd and saying, like, I know you got money empty your pockets. And Principal Block comes up to him. Doesn't even say anything about that situation. He's just like, you, talking to the ruffian. You, uh-huh. come with me. And then Principal Block, who is clearly meant to be an educator around the youth of the day, says, I never knew a kid as bad as Johnny Evans, and I wanted him out of my school as quickly as possible because he was dangerous. Uh-huh. And so he takes him back to his really, really nice office. Like, I don't know where this school is supposed to be, but it's super nice. Where he basically just berates the kid for a really long time. Gonna scare He's him like, straight. Yeah, like, you really think you're a tough guy, don't you? And he's like, well, I'm tougher than you. Even though literally nothing about this adult man looks Mm. tough. Like, if you saw him walking around the street, you would not be like, ooh, watch out for him. And so the principal block says, you're a no good, dirty little hood. So then he tells him, I want you to write the words, remember Pearl Harbor on the blackboard. Because I guess he wants to do a handwriting comparison, but I think writing Uh in wet cement and on the chalkboard are going to be pretty different things so he gives him the chalk and uh johnny evans just throws it right back at him and he's like why do you always blame me for things here <laughs> the principal says because you deserve it and you're no good <laughs> and it's I always you your have, fault etc yeah. you're my favorite person to blame and i think you had something to do with the fire in the gym johnny evans says so prove it and he's like literally he's not even sitting up being like prove it he's just like sitting back like so Prove it. Like, whatever. Show me a body. I'll take a poly. Like, come on. 100%. Johnny Evans was on that shit from day one. So Principal Block tells us he, quote unquote, worked on that boy for over an hour, but he wouldn't crack. He only was... That's a direct quote. He only respected the rules of the street. He had his own code of evil. Evil? If anything, he, like, was a bully and he scrawled Remember Pearl Harbor into the thing, which I'm also super questioning because this is the school year of 1941. Right. You know when Pearl Harbor happened? December of 1941. So it's like... Yeah. Uh, is this 1942? Like, is there's a a thing called due process, also, Principal Block? Like, look look into it. But literally, the years are bothering me. Okay, well, I'm not done with this story. I'm sorry, Katie. So, chill, have another glass, have another glass of wine. Okay, chill out. Got my CBD gummies. Yeah, so so Principal Block says, I never had a kid defy me like this. He's not a kid after I've worked on him for so long. (laughs) Oh. He was the worst thing to happen to this school. And Doubtful. Note, note that he's just literally sitting there in a chair, not saying anything. All this mm. guy just berates him for hours. Sure. So then Principal Block actually has a legitimate thought in his head where he says, <laughs> um, he goes to his bookshelf and he pulls out two books. He says, this is a school attendance book because apparently they took the time to like take attendance sheets and put them in a binder for every single day. I feel says, bad for whatever yes, poor office are worker there. had to do that. He says, so this is the attendance book and this is the conduct book. So we are going to look in the conduct book and then look in the attendance book and see if you've ditched school enough days that I can kick you out of here. 
Which I'm like, if that were the case, like, why didn't you already do it? It seems like you're falling down on your job, but okay. Right. So he opens up the attendance book, and on every single page, in a red sharpie in giant letters, is Remember Pearl Harbor. Okay. Like, scrawled diagonally, like how you'd see, like, a draft or a watermark, like that, mm-hmm. but on every single page. And so Principal Blop starts losing his shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you did this. How'd you do this? He says, you broke into my office, and you defaced my books, didn't you? And then uh, a janitor comes in. He says, sorry to interrupt you, but you better look out the window. And in red paint on his car, it says, remember Pearl Harbor. And, the, like, and the tough has been, Johnny has been in his office the whole time. Yes. It's not, and, yeah. yeah. So the principal's like, you defaced my automobile. Automobile. And Johnny's just like, when did I touch your car? I've been yeah, and Johnny's like, like fuck I, you. I've been in here yes. being worked on the whole time. Yes. He's like, I've been here the whole time, you idiot. And then in Principal Block's mind, he says, in my heart, I knew he was hopelessly bad. Again, why are you in this job? But I had to let him go. And then it was apparently written, not just on his car and all over the books, but it was just written all over the school. Like once he let him out of his office, it was just written literally like everywhere all over the school. And they're all like, but what does it mean? Oh, because it hasn't happened yet. Two days later, the Japanese launched their attack on Pearl Harbor. In scene. So Frank's phrase, coincidence? Or is Johnny a devil on earth channeling an evil entity? No. <laughs> is this based on a real event or a sneak attack of the truth? Oh, Frakes, that's a, right? that's a bad one. Right? I feel like I gotta say false because this is dumb as shit. <laughs> but I feel like I said false a lot. You, we know that you can't let that. I know sway you. But what do you feel? Do you feel like is it beyond belief or is it pushing the boundaries of your perception? But like, what is doing the writing? Johnny's not doing the defacing. So what's right. doing the defacing? Right. An, I gotta say false. I gotta say that's dumb. An evil entity? Okay, I wrote false. Story one, the merry-go-round. Oh, God. <laughs> Where evil lurks, nobody knows. Katie says true. Yeah. Freak says, this is an urban legend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never heard that urban legend before. Maybe you have to be from the Florida Everglades to have heard hey, it. I mean, no offense, Florida, but offense, Florida. Thank God I'm not. <laughs> I'm um, not Florida woman. Thank no, you. No, you are not. You're far from Florida woman. Story number two, red-eyed creature. Yeah. Katie says fiction. Yes, yeah, she does. Jonathan Frake says fact. How? <laughs> Who is saying that her eyes light up? This is and then, and then he says, that was inspired by an actual event. Fuck off, freaks. That's <laughs> I'm, dumb. Who witnesses her eyes and reports it? Her? I don't know. Okay. Used car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> You're so mad right now. Yeah, I am. Story number three, used car salesman. Sunny. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on. You're going to come through here and punch me. Katie says false. She did! Franks also says it's false. Which I have to say, I was very disappointed because I really wanted that one to be true because it was so awful. Story number four, surveillance camera. Yep. Katie says true. She did, I guess. 
Can you guess? I mean, I don't remember. You want to change your answer? I don't. I know. Okay. I play with honor. I just okay. don't remember things that happened recently. Frey says, fact. Dun, 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 Hey, this True. was inspired by an actual event. Moving right along. <laughs> Story five. Graffiti. Do remember Pearl Harbor? I did. It was something I did a, a big report on in history, Ooh. which is why I remembered the year, the date. Wow. Katie says false. She did. Break says fact. Fuck off. He says yes. A similar incident did take place. Fuck I, off. I, I, look. Here's Break's wrap up. Okay. Okay. The theme this week was evil. Sure. If you were unable to tell the difference, Katie, we implore you, don't think evil of us. Oh, I do. <laughs> I very much do. Look, the next time this your Irish nanny bold. glows with her red eyes Shit. and growls from the wall, just remember. I mean, I don't see the theme, but okay. Evil. Um, I, sure. Evil. Um, evil is the theme. I mean, I'm evil because I'm keeping my cat locked out of this room right now, and it is his birthday, and he really wants this room oh, to go back. Oh, let that baby in. Um, but it's evil that he's hes just meowing at the door so sad. I'm like, you're fine. Mommy, why did you forget me? <laughs> I bought him all these new rugs and new bedding to coordinate with his fur. I mean, come on now. Best mom ever. Listeners, lizards. You Lizards. can find us on how did you do? I assume you did better than me with my two. Look, it was um, hard. It's hard to spot evil. Freaks told us that. It is hard beginning. to spot. I mean, I'm very easy to take in, apparently. Um, I'm just such a good and honorable <laughs> soul. Um, but you can find us. Um, tell us how you did. Find us online at Wine Times Pod at, on Twitter and Instagram or our individual accounts. I am at Katie Hawks and MM is at True Crime Wine 69. Thanks as always to Chris Hansen. Um, we are recording this on April Fool's Day. Uh, MM has been pranked yep. by her daughters today. Hard. Hard. I have been not pranked. Um, I don't enjoy a prank. I don't. Here's why. I mean, if I had adorable little daughters that were just going to like, oh, I, we tied your door closed. He, he, he. Um, I think I might enjoy it a little more. Because like you you were able to get out. It, I was. They, they had some teamwork. It was very cute. Um, the last time I remember being pranked and like fully pranked, like fully pranked. Um, shout out to Steph if she's listening. Hello, Steph. Steph pranked me in college so fucking hard that Ooh. I refuse to believe in pranks ever again. Um, wow. This is back in the age of live journals. And mm. she posted on her live journal that she was pregnant. <laughs> and I didn't know what day it was. And I was in the car ready to drive. I went to school in Aww. Philadelphia. She went to school in Indiana. I was ready to drive my little Aww. car all what the a way good to Bloomington. I was, you know, I was ready. She's like, I don't know what to, like, and it was just like, I don't know what to do. It was just, it was, you know, and, you know, she's my best friend. And I'm, and it didn't even enter my mind. Why is this bitch posting this shit on Live Journal? <laughs> Why is she not talking to me directly? Like, no, I no, no. It. I was just like ready. I was like going to drive out there and be like, We're, what do you want? I was ready to talk to her. Like, what do you want to do? We're going to do it. Like, Aww. you know, da, da, da. And um, she's like, stop, stop, stop. Oh, Steph, I love you. That's amazing. 
I bring it up have, regularly. You were going to have your own playing house situation where you were going to like, okay, well, I'm here. We're raising this baby together. Yep. Love in it. Bloomington, Indiana. Like, oh my God. So I was going to, you know, whatever, man. I was going to hunt down the boyfriend who she's now, I mean, she still is together with him. They live together now, but I was like, you take responsibility, you piece of you shit. You know, um, I was going to help her oh, tell him man. like da da da. And yeah. So every, every so often, if, if I ever get pranked again, or there's an April fool's day thing, one, oh. I'm always hyper aware of the date. And two, I'm always like, Hey Steph, fuck you still. <laughs> Speaking of which, this reminds me, cause we're coming up on the, um, Sargentig anniversary. Mm. Which I only remember because older daughter was an itty-wee, itty-bitty baby. And a fresh, fresh baby. Fresh baby. And we went to the diner that morning and those people came up and told us how brave we were. And it was only much, <laughs> maybe even years later that I thought, oh, they thought we were a couple. Yeah. Oh, isn't that yeah, sweet? Yeah. I don't know why Steph's I'm pregnant story made me think. So, so They came up and said, you're so brave. And I was just like, thanks? Shit, before we sign off, I feel like I feel like we have to address the um, incidents of Asian American violence that have been going on and um, you know, ways that we can all speak up about the violence that the Asian American community faces. It's sad, it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so unfortunate that some of the hate-filled rhetoric of the prior administration has really fueled the rise of these incidents. Mm-hmm. In some ways, too, though, I think it's oddly given a voice to a lot of these things that have happened before that we haven't really talked about as a society. I know there have been a few incidents of violence against the Asian American community that Super Husband posted about on Facebook where some of my relatives were like, oh, that's not a thing that happens. And he would say, actually, this was a news article written by a news outlet, or in one case, it was, no, this was a friend of a friend, like this absolutely, and it was written up in the news, like this absolutely happened to this person. It's like, and also, don't call me a liar. There's there's that, and, you know, and and as someone who has been subjected to, to some of these things, and I think there's this idea that white society tries to push of this model minority myth Mm -hmm. that really the only purpose of it is to, again, hide the fact that there is institutional racism Mm -hmm. um, and that it does exist. Just think it's um, something that's worth conversation about and worth acknowledging. And uh, if you see something, say something. Don't be a bystander. And I've, uh, I'll put this in the show notes, but um, Eugene Lee Yang of the Try Guys uh, put together a um, very excellent documentary called We Need to Talk About Anti-Asian Hate. And it does, ha- it has, it's fantastic. And everyone, you should watch the whole thing. But there are, um, there's a, an entire section on the model minority myth and how it negatively impacts both the Asian American community and other communities of color. Mm. Um, and then, you know, he interviews quite a few people. Um, Lisa Ling is on it. Uh, you know, there's lots of different, uh, you know, Asian American business owners, that kind of thing. And it, it was, it's truly, truly excellent. So I will include that in the show notes. Yeah. Speak up. Don't be a bystander. And, um, 
rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I didn't know how to wrap it up, so I went the with most insincere comedy is what I went with. Um, lizards, join us next week. Pop a bottle with us. We'll be back with another episode. Cheese and, and boozing. Cheese and boozing. Um, get some cheese cubes and feel like you're in first class. And <laughs> always um, in first class on our podcast. That's for damn sure. Yeah.